0: dash 2024. We hope to see you January 19th and or January 20th and can't wait to connect with you. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Ashley Barlow Company podcast. I'm Ashley Barlow, your host. If you are a parent, Welcome to another episode of the Special Education Advocacy Podcast with Ashley Barlow. I'm Ashley Barlow, and I'm so happy you're here. Today we're going to talk about how to get you organized in special education. So we're gonna talk about record keeping and how to kind of keep everything together, what I think you should keep. And then we can also talk a little bit about what to do with all of the stuff that you have. Believe me, I know that it can get overwhelming and it can also be extremely underwhelming when you start to kind of think about what you need to do as you prepare to advocate for a child that is on an IEP or a 504 plan. I do want to give you, my listeners, the first notice that we are again having our special education and advocacy conference it is planned for January twenty second, two 2022. We are going to go from nine o'clock until one o'clock Eastern. Four hours of special education advocacy training and it will again be entirely free if you are able to watch live. Of course, if you're not able to come, I will again offer a VIP pass. The cost of the VIP pass will be $49. And with the PASS, you will be able to access every presentation, which is going to be at least 15 and maybe as many as 20 presentations. And you will be able to watch those on demand as you wish throughout the course of at least the 30 days following that conference. I'm so excited to welcome a lot of my friends, people that I've met over the course of the last couple of years, through my work with Ashley Barlow Company at conferences, et cetera, that are going to present on a variety of topics. I've got a little post-it note here on my desk where I keep kind of the ideal topics that we're going to talk about at the conference. And I've got people that are talking about inclusion, behavior, communication, specific learning disabilities, evaluations, eligibility, general advocacy strategies like what we're talking about in today's podcast um, transition to adulthood the intersection of race and the disproportionality of outcomes for people that are living in poverty and people of color as well as um, some topics for military families and a preschool topic So we are covering a wide range of topics. I'm going to present two times. I have a couple of other people that are presenting twice. It's lining up to be a wonderful, wonderful conference. So mark your calendars for January 22nd, 2022, and be sure to keep up with us on Facebook and email, et cetera, so that you um, are able to register when the conference goes live. So let's dive into today's topic. Today we are talking about organization. How do we get organized? What do we keep? What do we do with all of it? What are we okay to pitch? All of the questions. So this one hits kind of near and dear to my heart because I am a naturally super duper organized person. However, kids have made me kind of less organized because I just can't sweat the small stuff and I can't be as organized as I want to be. If I were, I probably wouldn't be able to get any sleep. But I was so organized when I was a kid that one of my favorite things to do was to go to my mom's desk or to dump out my mom's purse and organize everything, to put all the credit cards in a neat, tidy way that had some kind of system and to put all the rubber bands with rubber bands and to make them in some kind of um, organizational way that my mom could pull out one rubber band without 30 of them attached into the rubber bands. I like to organize things, she was a teacher, so I like to organize things that needed to be graded right now, things that needed to be graded sometime by the end of the week, etc., cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> And I still, I still have the flu, that's one sentence, so I'm sorry that I'm, I might clear my throat a couple of times. I still lean toward that organized person But just as I'm sure you experience, life gets in the way and it's really hard to know what to keep and and how to be efficient with your organization, with your paperwork, particularly because there is so much paperwork in special education. Progress reports and student work and evaluations and state testing and some states' IEPs are over 30 pages long before you put any words in them. And so there's so much to keep track of, and how do we do that? That's what we're gonna talk about today. Now, I have to admit that when Jack was an infant, you know, Down syndrome, I say this so often, a Down syndrome diagnosis in so many ways is pretty easy because Down syndrome almost always, or quite often, comes with some kind of cognitive impairment. It oftentimes comes with language impairments, motor impairments, and sometimes some health stuff that is, um, again, fairly common in the Down syndrome population. And so they say kids don't come with books, but. Kids with Down syndrome kind of come with books. There are literally checklists that doctors should follow. And there are things that we should rule out or things that we should explore for every child that is born with Down syndrome or for the majority of children that are born with Down syndrome. And so we knew right at the get-go that Jack was going to need early intervention services. And so we have had this kind of paperwork since since Jack was about six weeks old. I think he was six weeks old when he was evaluated for our early intervention. The person that evaluated Jack is actually a listener. So hello, Miss Michelle. Um, And so I think he was about six weeks old. And so we literally started on this paperwork journey when he was probably six weeks old and almost certainly before that, when we started with all of the doctor's appointments. And so I had to figure out, how am I going to keep all this? What am I going to do? And here's my admission. I did a terrible job until Jack was just about finished with preschool. Because my mentality through preschool, like it or not, and maybe this is another podcast topic, because I really did learn a lot in this mentality, and I do not endorse this mentality. My mentality was, I'm probably going to have to advocate for Jack at some time. And so while i am not pleased with the programming i'm not pleased with the goals and there's a lot that doesn't please me i'm going to lay back because it's preschool and i might need to advocate further down the line and so i don't endorse that strategy i don't endorse that mentality but that is truly what i did and consequently i decided pretty deliberately that i wasn't going to keep all the paperwork i kept ieps I kept the prior, uh, um, the equivalent of the IEP in in early intervention, which I can never remember that acronym. I think it's IFSP, but that might be wrong. Um, I kept those and I kept evaluations. I kept very little extra. And then we had a very difficult time getting Jack into an inclusive kindergarten and I realized oh gosh, I'm going to need a lot more paperwork in order to have these discussions with my district. And so I requested Jack's entire file from my district before we had a big transition to, to elementary school meeting, and it ended up filling an entire paper box. I had a paper box worth of documentation from the school because they had all of his medical records and they had all of his um, outpatient therapy records and they had all this stuff that I hadn't kept that I was then going to need in order to advocate for an inclusive environment for him. And that taught me that I needed a way to keep the paperwork in a organized way so that I could access it. And so I have learned this the hard way. I've got kind of a little step-by-step that I'm gonna give you to help you stay organized in the chaos that is special education advocacy. So the first thing that I recommend that you do is to gather everything, (coughs) excuse me. Now, what are you going to gather? I recommend that you keep evaluations, you keep progress monitoring data, you keep all of the meeting minutes or conference summaries or um, parent uh, communication that comes through the IEP meeting. So in Ohio, that's called a PR01, Parent Right Form 01. Um, in Kentucky, we call them conference summaries. In a lot of states, I, call, I think they call them meeting minutes. I also recommend that you keep any consequential email or communication from the school. You've asked for this and they've said no. Or they've come to you with this recommendation that feels right, feels wrong, it feels consequential. I recommend that you print off all of that communication if it's electronic and that you stick that into your binder. Obviously you're going to keep all of the IEPs. Um, And then there's gonna be kind of some ancillary stuff. State testing can be super helpful. I don't think report cards are usually all that helpful, but I think that they're probably something important enough to keep because you never know if they might help you or not help you. Any kind of behavioral data or behavioral information, like ABC data that we're taking in anticipation of a functional behavioral assessment would be super helpful to have. Any information about the goals and the writing of the goals themselves would be helpful to have. And then any other information that feels like it's going to help you show a story. Lots of times that's student work. So you're going to kind of know. I always talk to my clients about patterns. You're going to know if, um, you know, a pattern arises, if you are worried about an, an increase or a decrease of minutes, if you are worried about a change of placement, if there is a, per, a, a personal, um, issue with a staff person and you might need to advocate to get a staff person off of the IEP. So you're going to kind of see these patterns and you're going to start keeping paperwork that might help you advocate for one pattern or another, might help you prove your point so to speak. Now I say prove your point and people are like whoa that's a little bold for Ashley Barlow. Yes, sometimes There is conflict. And you have to prove your point with documentation. You have to advocate for your position. And the reason that I think it's so helpful to do that with that paperwork is because behind every position are our interests. And the paperwork is going to show some of your interests. Look at how well he did on this paper. Look at how well um, he collaborated with his peers. This peer collaboration is true inclusion, and we don't want a more restrictive environment because here are 10 examples of a wonderful student collaboration, and this is the kind of stuff that we're looking for. So that's the reason that we might keep some of that ancillary stuff. I can't tell you what the patterns are going to be in your case, of course, only you know what those patterns are. And to the extent that a pattern comes up later, yeah, sure, you might have to go back and dig out some old paperwork. But I now err on the side of keeping more rather than less because you just never know what might arise in the future. I actually have a diagnosis of PTSD and so I don't really dump (laughs) the um, kind of trauma that was associated with our inclusion advocacy efforts. And so this year we are heading into a transition year. Jack's going to middle school next year. And I have been very honest with our grade school team, which has been absolutely phenomenal, particularly from an inclusive standpoint about my own hesitations, my own fears about our district's kind of motives, so to speak, about Jack's middle school transition. Now I have every assurance that it's going to go fine and we are going to find the least restrictive environment for him. But I still have this kind of unreasonable trauma that's associated with some of those meetings in kindergarten. And of course, those are going to influence my record keeping. I'm going to keep everything I can to prove that my child deserves this kind of inclusive environment that we've carved out for him. So it kind of varies, it shifts the the, the patterns that we are advocating for. Okay, So we're still in step one. You're going to gather every document that you can find. Now, you might need to do that by requesting documentation from school. You might need to request documentation from outside therapists, from outside tutors, from other people that have evaluated your child. Gather it all up. I want for you to highlight the date on every communication. Every piece of documentation that you have, I want for you to highlight the date and then you're gonna organize it chronologically. So turn on a movie and put it all in chronological order. Why in chronological order? Because if it's in chronological order, it's going to tell the story. It's going to tell the story from start to finish. We had an evaluation, we determined eligibility, we developed an IEP from that. And then in its most simple form in special education, we would have two more IEPs, two more annual IEPs, And then we would have another evaluation because we have to do those every three years. And we would discuss eligibility. And then we should have three IEPs after that. So, of course, there's going to be tons of stuff in the middle of that. But that is kind of the cycle that happens in special education. Yes, we can evaluate more frequently. Yes, we can meet as an IEP team more frequently. Yes, 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 yes. Life is beautifully messy. And so the beautifully messy goes into there. But that's the general framework. And the reason that's important is because it's important to be able to tell the story. If you put all the evaluations together and then all the IEPs together, we wouldn't be able to tell how, how the chronological evaluations fed into each individual IEP. And that does not tell the story as well. If we don't have the progress monitoring data and we can't look at it in sequence, we can't see how the data drove the instruction and changed the goals and so it's really important that we look at it in time so you're going to gather it all stay oh staple it staple 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 you will not find an attorney that does not have a stapler on their desk i am using this little tiny desk if you're watching me on youtube I moved because I wanted to be closer to a window, Um, and so my big desk is behind me. There's three staplers on my big desk. There's one on a conference room table that's directly in front of me, and I don't have one um, right here, but what I do have right here today is not one but two whiteouts um, because I make a lot of mistakes, and oftentimes we have to write in pen as attorneys. (laughs) Staple. Why are we stapling? Because a document can really... um, uh, lose a lot of significance or gain a lot of significance if it loses a pa- one piece of paper. So we want to staple them all together. All right, so we're gathering everything, we're stapling them, and we're putting them in chronological order. Then hole punch it and put it in a binder. Get yourself one of those big binders. I'm sorry they're $20. See if you can find, I actually buy a lot of them at back to school time. I buy like 10 binders every year at back to school time when they're on sale. There might be beginning of the year organizational kind of sales that are going on. So you might be able to find a sale in January. Um, Get yourself one of those ginormous binders. I don't know how many inches they are, four or five inches thick and What you're gonna do is you're gonna hole punch everything and put it in chronological order. Now, I like my most recent thing on top so that if I'm looking for the IEP, I can just open the binder and the IEP is on top or the most recent progress monitoring data is on top. I don't think it probably matters if you go top to bottom or bottom to top so long as it is color, so long as it's chronological. Now, here's where the real magic happens. Get yourself some color-coded, beautifully colorful paper clips. If you're like me and you love school supplies, you just got really excited. So what you're gonna do is you're gonna develop a system for yourself. IEPs are yellow, progress reporting notes are purple, um, student work is red, valuations are orange, whatever it is. Make yourself a a little note with your um, color-coding system in the front of your binder. Then you're just going to stick a paper clip. Yes, they're already stapled. You're going to stick a paper clip on each one that coordinates and tells you what the document is. So that when you look at the front of your binder, you have this rainbow of paper clips. And the rainbow of paper clips itself is going to tell the story. You're going to be able to see evaluation, eligibility, IEP, IEP, IEP evaluation, eligibility, IEP, 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 with all of the stuff in the middle of it. And of course, remember, I'm not just saying that special ed is that simple. If it was, people like me wouldn't have jobs. <laughs> There's all kinds of beautiful stuff in the middle of that. But that you're gonna be able to see that cycle. Now, some people's binders will take them through a half a year. Some people's binders will take them, some people's binders will take them through three or four school years. Whatever works for for the amount of paperwork that you have kept, that's what's gonna work for you. You might need two or three binders to get started if you haven't done this ever, or at least in a few years. Then of course, you're gonna label the binders. This is kindergarten through third grade. This is fourth through sixth grade. This is seventh and eighth grade. Here's our high school binder, however it works out in the binder system for you. Now, of course, as you're going through this, you're gonna say, oh, I don't have that one email. I need to get that email. You might start a list of what you still need. And then you might start reaching out to people and say, I need this, I need this, I need this. And that's kind of fun to cross off your list so that you can make sure that you get all the documentation in one spot. And then the last step of this documentation gathering phase is to develop to develop a system for incoming paperwork. Let's say you get super organized through right now, through first semester of the 2021-2022 school year, but you don't have a system for what you're gonna do when your next progress comes in. Well, what you need to do is you need to develop a system. You might put a basket someplace, you might just have a spot in your office or in your bedroom or in your dining room where stuff comes in. But the real problem happens when people's dining room tables are like stacked super high with documentation and there's no system to collect it. My system is not an organized, beautiful system. I have cookbooks and a shelf in my office that is right around the corner from my kitchen. And when I get new IEP stuff, I stick it on top of those cookbooks. It often that's a shelf that I am um, close to very often. It's a shelf I access very often. Um, And because I access it so often, I therefore want it clean. And so I put stuff away more frequently. But I can't give myself the onus of getting paperwork and putting it right in the binder because life's too busy for that. And so I get it, I stick it on that shelf, and then when it starts to bother me enough, maybe every quarter, I hole punch stuff and stick it in Jack's binder. So that's what I keep and how I recommend keeping it. Now, you might need to share this documentation with somebody, with an advocate, with a tutor, with an attorney, with somebody outside of your circle. And so if you want to also keep it electronically, I totally encourage you to do that. If you want to only keep it electronically, great, do it. Most people find that that is a little bit inefficient because there is a lot that only comes in physical paper form. And so it involves a lot of scanning and that adds an extra step. I actually keep mine both ways because I'm a little neurotic because it's my job. Um, And so what I do, the way that I encourage you to keep things is I have a folder for Jack's stuff, just like a binder, just like a physical f- binder, and I save things by date. So if we were to write an IEP today, I'm recording this on, let's say I'm recording this on December 15th for a nice round number, then I would save it 2021, 1-2 for 12 December, 1-5 for December 15th IEP. And that way when they save in my Dropbox, they would save in time. So I do the date and then the name of the document and I might do student work dash inclusion or evaluation dash um, math strength. And that way I can write notes in it as well that really helps you to get organized. And I think it would be a super good start for you. If you are looking for something to start fresh, make some kind of New Year's resolution, I think that that would be a super fresh start for you for January of 2022. We'll talk later about what to do with all of this documentation and um, how to advocate with it because I think that's a super important topic as well. I'll see you here next week at the same time, same place. Have a great week.